0: Hello, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. My guest today is Charlie Cropley, he's a naturopathic physician, and he trains other doctors in ways to work with patients using behaviors versus, you know, more traditional types of uh, pharmaceuticals. And uh, yeah, so we're going to learn about the different uh, behavior uh, patterns and uh, modalities that help the body to prime the body to heal itself. So, without further ado, how are you doing today?
1: Um, in this moment, I am really happy to be here. I'm relaxed. Uh, I'm energized. I'm great.
0: Awesome. Well, those sound awesome. like good things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's start with your backstory. You said you've treat you've worked with fifty thousand patients. Is is That's that right? right? Yeah. Right. So, tell right. me a little bit about. The journey as a, what, first of all, what made you choose to go into naturopathy versus uh, medical? Um, Mm -hmm. I actually looked into getting my uh, naturopathic uh, uh, degree and Mm -hmm. uh, then 2020 hit and then I moved here and actually it's illegal to have a naturopathic license in Tennessee. There's apparently two states. um, I can't remember. I think the other one might be in the Carolinas, but um, yeah. So, which I found- Very interesting. So,
1: yeah, when I I practice in Boulder, Colorado, and mm-hmm. I um, <clears throat> I came here in 1979. So I've been here uh, going on. You know, I'm on the better side of 45 years here. And uh, how I how I chose to be a naturopathic doctor to try and do the short version was is this. I was ski bumming in Aspen in 1969 and a buddy of mine turned me on to a book that is called rational, rational fasting and the mucusless diet healing system. And I read this book and it, it, it was one of the moments in life where I was guided to be the person that I am. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard this before. And what, what, landed in me is wow diseases like rheumatoid arthritis or cancer are not something that exist out in the world like rabbits and trees or, mm-hmm. and and that that choose to invade us or infect us mm-hmm. and we're the innocent victims of it but this book showed that it is our ways of eating that predisposes us to illness, and mm-hmm. how, by our ways of eating, we can heal or contribute mm-hmm. to the healing of all illnesses. i I said to myself, This is the most profound thing I've ever heard. The implications of this are mm-hmm. stunning. Mm-hmm. And surely, everybody in the world is going to want to know about this. Mm-hmm. so I, so, I set about my life, and I did my best to change my eating uh and which was that that was um has been a path that continues to this day, right mm-hmm. wrestling with our appetite so mm-hmm. so I went through that, and then uh and I was just in love with the philosophy and the principles and the practices, mm-hmm. and I would get old books and read them and and I was at a chiropractor's office, and the chiropractor, after he was done adjusting me, looked down at me and said, Charlie, did you ever think about becoming a doctor? And that was, this, this was more so, this was like, what happened, Courtney, was in that exact instant, there wasn't a split second, mm-hmm. I was a doctor, Right.
2: Okay, now, I, don't,
1: I don't mean I had a, a physician's degree or the training, right? I was a doctor and I went home and I stayed up the entire night. I could not sleep because my mind in my heart, I, I there was nothing else for me. The thought of being a doctor was everything, mm-hmm. and I couldn't see how to find my way to do that. So I stayed up all night, all night. And uh, uh, yeah, I'll tell you this. So I went down mm-hmm. to the pier at 3 30 in the morning. We lived by the ocean. I went down to the pier at 3 30 in the morning. And I remember standing on the end of the San Clemente Pier, holding my arms out like this and praying. I said, My Lord, my God, you make me a doctor, and I promise you I will teach this wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's and so I began. Then I went on and I went, I don't want to be a medical doctor for sure. I'd never, naturopathic medicine was unknown. And again, by another series of miracles, I was led to naturopathic college, went to that, and so on. So that's how I became a doctor. And then when I came to Colorado in 79, like you were describing of Tennessee and North Carolina, if it was North Carolina. Yeah those are not licensed,
2: right? Mm-hmm. And it
1: was the same way in Colorado. So, mm-hmm. uh, so. Well, in I Tennessee, would...
0: uh, it's illegal to have a an naturopathic license. So, so it's not that the license is not available. It's actually illegal to.
1: How to can read. it be? Yeah. How can it be illegal? That doesn't make sense. Like if I go to Tennessee, am I going to get jailed because I have a license? If you practice. Oh. Yeah. You practice. Yeah. yeah. So. So really,
0: under the, that yeah. banner, yeah,
2: yeah, so. they they
0: they get around it. From what I've heard, people say that they uh, uh, this because I I mean I don't know that much about the details of it. I really should look into yeah. it. Um, but what I've heard from people who are in the field is that they get around it through things like functional medicine or like uh, functional nutrition. They so they practice sure. more holistic practices, but it's sure. not a naturopathic.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this is interesting. My evolution is will be very relevant to our um, discussion here. So I, right here
0: uh, on the we, ha- I'm so sorry. Right here, I just want to make it says Tennessee Code yeah. Title 63, Profession of the Healing Arts, 63-62-205, and a. It says current as of January 1st, 2020, updated by the staff and it says a it is unlawful for any person to practice naturopathy in this state yeah and then b is naturopathy means nature cure or health by natural methods, and as in is defined uh, as and is defined as the prevention mm-hmm. diagnosis and treatment of human injuries ailments disease by the use of such physical forces as air light water vibration heat electricity hydrotherapy, psychotherapy, dietetics, or massage on the administration of botanical and biological drugs.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. then it goes on. Yeah, that's... um, uh, I'll just leave it. Yeah, (laughs) sure. uh, uh, Yeah, that... would that would outlaw so many things or so many things, you know, putting Mm -hmm. a cool washcloth on a, on a feverish forehead could be hydrotherapy and therefore defined as naturopathy and so Mm -hmm. on. So, um, so in the, when I began, when I began, there was, if, if a hundred people, a thousand people were to ask me what I do and I say, I'm a naturopathic physician. Mm-hmm. every single one would go, what's that? Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody had heard of naturopathic medicine. And anything, uh, chiropractors were suspect. DOs hardly existed much at that time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and it, there just was medicine and everything else was, you know, acupuncture was like you know kind of woo woo and definitely not real medicine at all mm-hmm. so uh, there was that there was nobody herbs were non existent right you mm-hmm. could get, there was no place you would go buy herbs there was mm-hmm. no place to buy homeopathic remedies there was supplements there were only a few very few supplement Mm -hmm. manufacturers producers in existence and so we had our own pharmacies because of the few that were available we would buy homeopathics herbs supplements and have them in our own um, pharmacies Mm -hmm. so so with this the 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 public consciousness if you would and the board of medical examiners was highly suspicious of quackery and people purporting to do to be doctors right. who you know who were not licensed as medical doctors so right. i went through various times where the board came to me and investigated me and i went through some real trying times mm-hmm. now now today if we look if we look around in the world today for uh, a naturopathic doctor. You can see that there are now. When I graduated, there were really seven states where naturopathic medicine was licensed. Mm-hmm. There was one college. There was one college. You'll love this, Courtney.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: existed in the entire United States.
2: I think there's only National two
1: now. No, there's well, New
0: Mexico, There's one in New Mexico, and they have a, a branch in San Diego. Um and I don't know And where. there's
1: Arizona, Oregon, Washington. Arizona. Oh, or, and, um, Oregon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. And and one in in Montreal and I think there's I don't know if Boucher College in uh Vancouver in British Columbia has closed or not. So he so there really are
0: only like four in the United States. Yeah.
1: Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. And I think
0: the, it I and I think it's four states but I actually think there's only two or three schools. I think those schools have different
1: branches. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, best that's right. Yeah. There are Mhm. Okay. Um so the so Oh, I didn't were... know there was
0: one in Chicago. Okay.
1: I'm not sure that that's still open. Yeah,
0: it's right here. There's Bastor University, San Diego, and Bastor, yeah. uh, Washington. That was what I was thinking yeah. of. Then there's the National yeah. University of Health Sciences, Chicago. I didn't know that one. National mm-hmm. University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. And then there's okay. Sonora University in Arizona.
2: So,
1: yeah, I graduated in Oregon. Uh, and so, saying at the time, okay. There was one school, it was that one, it's changed its name. Most of them have changed their names. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I entered as a first-year student, do you know what the graduating class was, how how large the graduating class was? Ten. Two. Two, whoa, okay. Two, two. (laughs) Two. Naturopathic medicine was all but dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Clearly yeah. all but then mm-hmm. the year that I began, 85 students descended on the college oh, and mm-hmm. wanted to be naturopathic doctors.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they didn't know what to do with us. But that was that was kind of the first wave. And we we came in and literally built the school around us as we went mm-hmm. through it. Finding great teachers and bringing them in, redesigning the curriculum, doing doing all of this, and mm-hmm. the uh, and so it, really it was naturopathic doctors primarily who mm-hmm. pioneered, who graduated and mm-hmm. founded herbal companies, supplement companies, homeopathic mm-hmm. companies. Went to India, went to Greece, studied with the masters of homeopathy brought it home, did the same thing, went to China, studied acupuncture, brought it home, and uh really have been the advanced wave. And 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 then out of this now we have um functional medicine, which is mm-hmm. developed. And now we have now we have um uh lifestyle medicine, the American mm-hmm. Academy of Lifestyle Medicine. I went to their I went to their conference, say, three months ago here in okay. Denver. Okay. There were there were live attendees. There were two thousand live mm. attendees, wow. and there were ten thousand online attendees. Nice. That's how, right. So yeah, that's awesome. so this is the times today is, and this brings us to what we're talking about is as you know and everybody is aware we're in a time of global crisis Mm -hmm. that is existential
2: Mm -hmm. right it's
1: like how are we how are we going to survive and how are we going to flourish
2: Mm -hmm. is
1: is at the forefront absolutely of, uh, of our lives and there is this awakening this renaissance Mm -hmm. that is occurring as i've just described just in the field of medicine right Mm -hmm. just a glimpse of it right and Mm -hmm. it is also occurring in i love it in journalism right Mm -hmm. in the create in the fight for free speech and and Mm -hmm. freedom from censorship it's occurring in science it's occurring in media. It's occurring in academia. It's, a, it's occurring everywhere, yeah, right? In our, in our culture, this is happening. And so what I have here and what I bring is um, is the results of my 50, uh, 50, roughly 50 years, 45 mm-hmm. years yeah. of seeing patients And that in this time, I began using supplements, acupuncture, homeopathy, spinal manipulation, hydrotherapy, nutrition, herbal medicines, the whole nine yards, doing doing primary care practice, right? GYN work, everything, blood work, all of that. And over the years, I have let go of all the therapies I've let go of them just because my passion is what we can do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think those therapies are beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And and a combination of what I do with those therapies is optimal. I'm just interested in what we can do for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so I've not used any medicines in a good 25 years now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you tell me if it's this way for you. When I say I don't use any, any medicines at all and work with people, what does that evoke in you? What what arises in you?
0: I think that's amazing. I mean, how great would it be if you can heal without being dependent upon some external
1: substance that you have to take mm. constantly? Yeah. I mean, right? <laughs>
0: that sounds yes. awesome. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is totally awesome. Um And that also
0: minimizes uh, any kind of negative uh, impact, right? Because whenever you take, if you take something that's external, there's, you know, if it's a synthetic, the chances that there will be some sort of side effect is almost a hundred percent of some sort, you know, some have more than others. Um, But uh, yeah, so you'll have some sort of, uh, and then also they often uh, contraindicate, I mean, even. Even vitamins can have contraindications with other, um, sure. you know, depending on fat soluble, water soluble, and what else you're taking, and yeah. So it it, it makes it definitely
1: simplifies
0: things and it increases the chance for optimization. I would think so.
1: Do you find yourself wondering how how it comes about, or if it's or how powerful it is compared to? medicine and the use of mm-hmm. medicines mm-hmm. and supplements. Do you find yourself wondering that? Supplements? If, do versus- you find yourself wondering if my using no medicines, uh-huh. right, is yeah. is like that would be, oh, okay, if you want some coaching on how to get in better shape or something, you could go do that, but right. you, you wouldn't come to me if you had cancer, right? Or right, you right. wouldn't come to me, if you, right, because... It, 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 I And I'm asking you mm-hmm. if if you have any thoughts that way because I, I, I think that most people don't understand and feel like, well, gosh, if you're not given medicine, like, what are you going to do? You know?
0: no, I think there's a lot of, I mean, there people, I do think the body has an innate design to heal. It wants to be in a state of homeostatic state that is optimal. Um, yeah. And I think that in the right environment, that the body will heal itself and you know optimize itself. So no, I think it's entirely possible. I, I yeah. think that it's not always it, it's not always ideal for people. You know, some people uh, don't have either uh, the time, the the resources, the oh, you know, well so they said.
1: yeah. Well so said.
0: everybody, have, we, uh, you have to weigh out all of your. Well, circumstances your preferences your priorities your yeah so people make choices based upon that but no i think it's absolutely possible absolutely i mean there's so many people who you take cancer um and i mean i i can't legally say that anybody can be cured or treated or anything like that um but we've seen examples of people who have made lifestyle changes and seem to be uh you know they're they're behaving and feeling as if they don't have cancer so so, I mean, it's certainly there's possibility. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, um, so here's, here's, here's what I do with people. I, my, I explain to people that we could say that there is various causes of disease. Mm-hmm. There can be genetic causes and environmental causes and infectious causes and various causes and what my specialty is, is focusing on the behavioral causes of disease. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do we create disease and how do we heal disease
2: mm-hmm. by our
1: ways of eating, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By by our movement, which includes mm-hmm. our workouts. It also mm-hmm. includes it includes resting and sleeping. And how do we create sickness? by Mm -hmm. the ways that we think and Mm -hmm. the ways that and the quality of our emotion and how does our satisfaction or lack thereof in our relationships Mm -hmm. create sickness in us those are the four areas that's what we're going to look at okay so it, it each of those each of those is I'm looking for the adjective that goes with the word art. I know, I know of no greater art. Mm -hmm. This is the art of self-healing. This is Mm -hmm. the art of how, how life, nature develops a healthy, happy human being. Mm -hmm. This is how it happens is through eating, moving, thinking, and relating. So, Mm -hmm. Most people don't know it's an art at all. And uh, now a lot of people today are engaged with their eating. A lot of people, you know, as we're aware of in this renaissance, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. awakening that's happening, a lot of people started working out, Mm -hmm. paying attention to their sleep, looking at negative emotions and correcting those and learning to think reasonably and to relate. I, I don't know how many. Yeah. And to relate better. Right. So. I I have what I call an evaluation of skills
2: mm-hmm.
1: that for eating, moving, thinking, and relating. So in the in the question of eating, eating is comes down to our relationship to hunger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the total drill right there. Mm-hmm. But within eating, all right, does one know does one know? What constitutes a healing, healthy eating regimen for themselves?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They may they may believe that plant based medicine is the best, or mm-hmm. that a ke- uh, ketogenic diet is the best, mm-hmm. or paleo, whatever. Mm-hmm. But do they know what is best for them? Right mm-hmm. in what they eat. The other part is, do they know how to not eat, which Mm -hmm. is fast. So Mm -hmm. both are absolutely essential. And fasting, unknown to most people, is the most powerful, self-healing, therapeutic, we'll say, Mm -hmm. practice that I know of. Mm -hmm. And if if you think of fasting... Fasting was practiced by Jesus, by Moses, Mm -hmm. by Elijah, Mm -hmm. by Muhammad, Mm -hmm. by Buddha, by Mm -hmm. ancient yogis fasting, Mm -hmm. right? And these people fasted for 40 days Mm -hmm. on water, Mm -hmm. like they, they didn't just on a whim go out and Do a 40 day water fast, they were trained, right? In the power of fasting. And it was known, and it's known in all religions and in all traditions of healing. Further, so there's a saying the disease, it's a German proverb, the disease that fasting cannot cure cannot be cured. Mm. That's right. And now, In the use of fasting, this sounds, we're getting a snapshot of the power of it, but the power of it in acute illnesses. Mm -hmm. When one has a fever, again, Mm -hmm. Hippocrates says, if you feed a fever, you will have to starve a cold.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, a fever is systemic inflammation. Fever, fire, inflammation is the primal and singular healing mechanism of the body. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we could take a child before they understand fire who doesn't have an understanding of fire. If there's a fire, they they could either burn the house down or... (laughs) Or allow uh, do something that makes the fire go completely out, and the whole house becomes cold, right? because they mm-hmm. don't understand it. if we don't understand the fire of the body, and this mm-hmm. is simple, it sounds like, oh my God, you know that's mm-hmm. weird. it's not mm-hmm. right you we we every injury, splitter in the finger, a pimple on the face, a sprained joint, every injury. The body rushes blood to it, and, and there's a fire there that heals this. It's the healing mechanism.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: we don't know how to heal a fever, mm-hmm. it's like fundamental to all inflammations.
2: Mm-hmm. A
1: sore throat is a fever in the throat. A sinusitis, everything that ends in itis means inflammation of or, or fever of is what's taking place there. So every arthritis, hepatitis, nephritis, dermatitis, cystitis, all the itises, they're all fires. If we don't know how to do that, then we do not, we don't know how to heal the body. Now, so here's the point. If what we do is with any medicine whatsoever, but certainly with conventional medicines, if if what we do is to put out the fire, how does the body heal? The answer is it cannot heal, right? Mm-hmm. And if you put it out, if a person doesn't know that by eating, when they have a fever, thinking they need to eat to keep up their strength, it's the exact mm-hmm. opposite, the exact mm-hmm. opposite. If they think that, how are they to get well? Mm. And if we can't heal, here's another point that this ties in with. We get fevers, we get sore throats, we get sinusitis, because what's happening is the whole body, to make it simple, is encumbered with poisons, poisons Mm -hmm. that cause inflammation. The body cannot keep up with that level of poisoning. So it, it, chooses an avenue let's say the throat or the sinuses through which it's going to eliminate these poisons
2: mm. the
1: body has avenues of elimination right? sure. the whole respiratory tract right mm-hmm. our sinuses our throat our lungs we're eliminating through that through our skin we're constantly breathing eliminating the same way through our bowels and through our urine when the body gets sick it intensifies the elimination through one or multiple of these routes right. so that look at what it's doing. It's sneezing out, coughing up, getting rid of stuff. It's sweating it out with a fever. It's passing it out through the bowel with the diarrhea or eliminating it through a stinging urine. If we stop that, then those po- where do those poisons go? Those poisons remain in the body plus the poisoning that poisoned the body to stop the process. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, the sickness, the fever, the sore throat, the anything, is what is it? It's not an enemy. Naturopathic medicine says it's a call for attention. It is the absolutely, in, it is sickness is the way the body heals.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sickness is the way the body heals. Now, when all of medicine is dedicated to destroying every trace of sickness and, and suppressing it, nice. you know, how is the body going to heal? And what do we see? Naturopathic doctors going back forever said it have known if you suppress acute sickness, mm-hmm. colds, flus, infections, if you suppress those, what you will get is chronic illness. So today. How many people die of, of acute illnesses? Virtually nobody because we have antibiotics and steroids and all these things to suppress nice. what's going on. And it's been so thoroughly suppressed that we are, we have epidemic, right, mm-hmm. of cancer, of heart disease, of diabetes, of obesity, of dementias, and so on. Chronic disease. Is absolutely ravaging us. And so when I work with a cancer patient, and I work in the tradition of a man named Max Gerson, who was mm-hmm. one of the greatest nutritionists ever, and I would put him as the greatest I've ever okay. seen or heard of, right? So Max Gerson knew that the whole body need, needed to be purified because it was a heavily poisoned body that develop cancer. So in the process, you could watch, you could practically set a clock, the patient when you put them on the Gerson regimen, right? What's going to happen is they are going to go through a healing crisis. A healing crisis is the the body develops a fever, perhaps a cough, perhaps a diarrhea, painful, aching joints. And how come it does that? Because the body is going from this poisoned state through nourishing it well enough with the Gerson regimen, it gains the strength to fight again. And it comes back and starts eliminating these poisons. These crises were mm-hmm. you know, incredible and people would go through them repeatedly and that's how they got well. Uh, and that's not that's not just cancer and mm-hmm. just person. I see this every day in my in my practice. If a doctor doesn't know this what how you know how is a patient to get well? Right. right. So we're talking here just about eating so far. Like that's just eating. And and understanding the power that's there. If we so I'm going to i talked enough at this point. What? <laughs> what do you want to say?
0: Well, I, I guess my question regarding that would be uh, the bio-individuality of it. Because, yeah. I right? Like, I, not everybody, uh, you know, like I know they give you a very blanket kind of like, people can fast for three days, of, you know, without food, 21 days without water. But I don't know if that's necessarily true for everybody in all circumstances, um, at all times in their lives. Um, just, as you said, like, uh, with, with diets, some people think that, you know, plant-based or a keto, whatever it may be is the best for them, but that might not be true for, for that person. It might not be true for that person at that time in their life also, right? Because we're constantly changing our cellular Uh, Structures are constantly renewing themselves as well. And our environments change as well. Our environments, our lifestyles, our circumstances, our stress levels. Um, So I I would imagine all of that has an impact. So what would be some uh, clues for someone to uh, monitor what is best for them and to make those kinds of
1: choices? Okay. Um, Let me uh, respond before I answer the last part of your question okay. is I really admire your intelligence there Courtney mm-hmm. to see that that it just can't be that there's one way for everybody mm-hmm. to eat right <laughs> right so so if we take fasting as an example and this mm-hmm. this is the art of the physician
2: mm-hmm.
1: for myself I and I really don't know anybody else that's done this. Mm-hmm. I've sat for fifty thousand hours, mm-hmm. spending every hour going, "What is right for this patient?"
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: What is it that that that's the the art? So in eating, if we say fasting, for example,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I tell my patients that fasting is like exercise. It's a word that covers this
2: huge.
1: Mm-hmm. You can intermittent fast, you can juice fast, you can do a grape fast, you can do a bone broth fast, you can do on and on and on for this amount of time. Fasting is like exercise. If I go with one of my patients and go out and say, you know, uh, we should go run two miles, and before you get to the end of the block, the patient is unable to, you know, it's beautiful what i don't know your husband or your assistant I, mean, I i've not been on a podcast where somebody is in the background pulling forth <laughs> um, he, he he's like a that. wizard the good kind <laughs> yeah yeah he's great so um so if if i have a patient who becomes exhausted before they've gone 300 yards let's say Mm-hmm. Then, then, I'm not going to tell them to go run several miles a day or give them you, you need to exercise. It yeah. is exercise needs to be prescribed according to their metabolic physiologic capability and gradually strengthening their ability to exercise it's the same way with fasting. I train mm-hmm. every patient to fast, and I begin them as you would with exercise mm-hmm. and walk people through so that they know how to do it, know how to care for themselves. Now, the other about the individualizing of foods.
2: Yeah. Before um, we move on
0: to that with fasting, I do want to ask this because I know there've been a lot of uh, questions and uh, discrepancies in this uh, arena with men versus women uh, because of the cyclical hormonal uh, mm-hmm. nature of women that uh oftentimes they've they've there have been a lot of indications that maybe women don't always do as well with fasting. What are your thoughts on that
1: Well there's a great deal of truth to it um mm-hmm. you know in a sense women don't do as well with a lot of things when they're pre menstrual <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right? Yep. and so to to include what you're saying about fasting
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the In the traditional cultures, there was a woman's moon time was Mm -hmm. recognized as a sacred time. And I see it myself looking through the eyes Mm -hmm. of a clinician who's worked with a lot of Mm -hmm. women with this. I see it as a time when a woman is she is troubled. She is disturbed by like. Almost everything, in a (laughs) sense, comes to her in this certain color that seems harder than it usually does, more difficult, more hopeless, and and she's inclined in that direction. Now, I believe and what I see as we follow this Mm. is that is that a woman this is a time that she's being spoken to and being given a sensitivity that she doesn't normally experience during the other times
2: mm-hmm. of
1: her of her cycle and and that if she is allowed if her life is scheduled and arranged so that during that time she really is freed up to give her attention and to listen to what am I feeling about my husband? What am I feeling about my career? What am I feeling about my finances? My ch-? all of it, right? <laughs> to to be with that and to be with and to listen compassionately to her suffering because it's suffering for her that she comes away with a deeper understanding of her own self and of how she wants to be in each of those situations and she become comes back as a more bright light and gift to her family to her work to everything right now with that so that's that's a lot with right. i i teach all my patients that at times they need to create, be able to create for themselves a home hospital. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: A home hospital is more more like a home spa, but Mm -hmm. it's a place where, for example, they could fast or be on a specific eating regimen. Mm -hmm. They can rest as much as they need to. They They can bathe. They can pray. They can read. They can they can rest and heal and they know they learn how to fast they learn how to do bowel cleansing they learn mm-hmm. how to take care of themselves when they're sick
2: mm-hmm. and
1: out of so this is a whole skill set
2: mm-hmm. that
1: we really need places where you go i got the flu and 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 we have a, a place that you can go and they will feed you properly mm-hmm. and they will rest you. And there will be people to come help you take care of your children. Or if you're home, somebody comes in and helps you prepare wholesome soups and mm-hmm. juices. What do you need? So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, so
1: but... um that's so <clears throat> it, the individualization. Then let right. me speak a little more just about eating. One of the mm-hmm. great ways of individualizing is that a high percentage of us are uh, have food allergies or food sensitivities. And it's mm-hmm. pretty commonly known that a, a gluten sensitivity or a milk sensitivities are fairly well understood, but there, there are many more foods that people are sensitive to. And so if people don't know that, I liken it to... Um, hmm. I liken it to smoking, and 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 in many ways worse, or to drinking alcohol, or something that on a regular basis is poisoning your system, mm-hmm. right? Because this food that you're allergic to poisons your system. So I right. take them through a process that takes out not just milk or not just wheat but eliminates all the Mm -hmm. common allergens. And they live on this for a period of time, do a short purification or a short modified fast. Mm -hmm. right? And then their body is highly sensitized, right? Mm -hmm. Been away from this for a while. So then you reintroduce gluten or corn or chocolate or whatever it is. And you do so systematically three times a day for at least two days, observing, like observing, how's my energy when I eat this? How does mm-hmm. my mood change? Does my do my sinuses congest? Do I have digestive flatulence and bloating? Do, right in mm-hmm. and track and seize, what does this food do to me? Mm-hmm. And that's just one training, right? right. That, that then people know and find out. Oh my gosh. Like Mm -hmm. I tell the story of, I had a woman who came to me with MS and she was in a wheelchair. Mm. And after working with her for, let's say six months or so, she was out of her wheelchair and walking around and feeling way, way better, right? Wow. And and so we then went through this allergy testing regimen and uh, no, she said we had been through that and she, she she, felt so much better on the allergy testing regimen. She didn't want to test anything. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care if I'm allergic to wheat or not. I, I'm good not eating it. <clears throat> I feel so good here, right? right. So then she decides one morning she's going to eat the breakfast that she always used to eat. Mm-hmm. That she loves. It was something like cornflakes with milk and whatever else she had with it, mm-hmm. right? Before she got she couldn't get up from the table, she had to have a wheelchair. she had wow. to have a wheelchair before she finished her breakfast Wow, right yeah right? wow yeah yeah so the 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 power of this is is just phenomenal, right, and not just one that's just testing the allergenic foods right, right, right? yeah. So, really, Courtney, we could say, we could go into, and perhaps we will, talk Mm -hmm. about the high art that movement Mm -hmm. is, that Mm -hmm. breathing is, that learning Mm -hmm. how to relax our body, the art of feeling our emotions and of relating. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the, the The point is is that with eating is that we're all bound by habit. Mm-hmm. And we're relating to hunger. And as the art goes on, like learning, the art of dancing or painting or anything, it mm-hmm. becomes ever more sophisticated, ever more refined. And right. the art is always one of relating to hunger and relating to cravings. And mm-hmm. so in all our life, right? Like if if what we're learning to do, which again can sound trite, is mm-hmm. the art of posturing, right? Mm-hmm. Is how to be graceful and relaxed and poised. And we're practicing that art all the time. We want to... You know, we want to go back to whatever we usually do, and and learning to stay awake in the with that constant pull back towards our old habits
2: Mm -hmm. is
1: really what the art is. And the question comes: How do we master ourselves? Mm -hmm. How do we master? (laughs) Isn't it? Yep. It's the fundamental question. Mm -hmm. So so in mastering ourselves, I'll I'll put it to you. I I ask my question, this question often of my patients. What is your strategy for mastering behavior? Whatever you're addicted to or crave or, Mm or getting yourself to do what you know is beneficial to you right and Mm -hmm. and can't get yourself to do so do you are you able to think of how, how do you bring about um changing deeply seated habits in your life
0: well it depends i mean it depends on what they are um but usually it's through like a you know, I, it, it, a lot of it has. I mean, some of it requires discipline, but some of it also requires kind of like structure. Um, so uh, I'll give you an example. I I'm a very horrible nail biter. I've bitten my nails like my whole life. Um, so I gave myself like I would wean myself. <laughs> so I allowed myself to only bite my thumbnails. <laughs> so I wouldn't allow myself to bite the rest of the nails. So I didn't like. You know, just say okay. I'm never going to, and then I punish myself. You know, this all sounds very silly now that I'm sharing this publicly. No, way. it doesn't
1: sound of course, I have uh, these conversations <laughs> all the time. Sound intriguing sure. to me.
0: <laughs> I I've now gotten to where I really I have one thumbnail, um and it, that one I seem to actually be able to let it grow until it is usually right around that time of month where. Um, oftentimes, it becomes much more challenging for me. But all the other nails, like so, for me, I've been on this planet for several decades now, and uh, for me to have nails is like really, really amazing. So yeah, they're they're kind of a mess right now. I need to get them done. But the fact that I, so I actually had them cut last week, um, like like chopped, Did you? which was, you know, just. Congratulations. Crazy for me. Congratulations. <laughs> have them cut versus uh, just chewing them off. So, I mean, that's an example, but there's many things. I mean, I'm movement is something really uh, I'm very, very passionate about. Um, you know, as an athlete, most of my life, I actually used to do speeches around uh, movement as a metaphor for life. And I would talk about uh, physical training and how it's a great teacher to help you overcome adversity in other areas of life. Uh, so, I mean, certainly... You know, you from your background could talk about the physiological, cognitive, uh, emotional benefits of, uh, you know, we have countless, it would take me years to go through all the studies. We, We know how beneficial it is for all of those things. Uh, but I really talked about it much more philosophically. I personally, I don't know how much you know about my story, but I was born with several uh, challenges, physiological challenges from birth. I'm blind to one eye. I'm hearing impaired bilaterally. I actually learned how to speak by reading lips. I didn't get hearing aids when I was almost six years old. at heart surgery when I was a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs and fine graphic motor impairments, stunted growth, They told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. And uh, I am very convinced. I know there were a lot of things that went into, uh, you know, overcoming and uh, those challenges and certainly, you know, healing to the best of my ability. And I I do attribute, you know, uh, my mom and my grandfather were really instrumental. But I, I attribute a lot of it also to movement. Uh, I found gymnastics at a very young age, and uh, when I was actually an infant, because I had the hypotonia, we had a baby nurse who saw I had a very determined personality, so she would put toys just slightly outside of reach uh, in a wet sandbox. And of course, the sandbox has resistance, and especially when it's wet. And this would force me to try and reach for these different toys, and that would create neuromuscular stimuli, which eventually did lead to hypertrophy. I was very fortunate, um, but all this to say that you know, I then found gymnastics because my my mom had this idea. My grandfather actually built it, where they would build a beam for me. I wore a patch over my sighted eye every other day of my childhood. Um, and so I was essentially blind and deaf because I didn't have hearing aids yet. And I'm very significantly hearing impaired. So every other day, but they would have me walk on this beam. And if by the end of the week I completed it, regardless of whether I had the patch on or not, uh, then my reward would be that they would make this beam narrower and increase the challenge. Uh, so from a very young age, uh, when I was around four, I, uh, went to a day camp and I saw a beam and I fell in love with gymnastics, but I bring all this up to say that, you know, so that's something that's a huge part of my life and my passion and I enjoy it. But, you know, my schedule as adults, you know, to fit that into your schedule, is not, it's not quite the same as when you're a child and you have like, you know, forced gymnastics practice and whatnot. Um, but so, I but it's something that's like really not negotiable for me now. Like I, I know how much it's, you know for my mood for my like it sets me up for my whole day so even when i don't feel like it or even when i'm really tired or you know that's like a habit you build that pattern and i know when i don't go i feel awful and you know sometimes life happens when we travel and you know there are times where you don't but that's like it's a pattern it's a habit that i've built and uh you know for me it has much more to do with uh you know my how I feel than anything. And and it's also structure. It's like, okay, this starts my day. You know, sometimes we have to move it around a little bit, but for the most part, it's, it starts my day and sets me up for the day. And so there, there's two examples. They were very long-winded. I apologize, but yeah.
1: (laughs) No, very, I appreciated it very much. Yeah, Yeah. Um, both with your nails and your movement. And Mm -hmm. uh, what you, what you do with movement is, um, it is, exemplifies you know a great student really
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
1: and of course students come it's one of the evaluations that uh that a physician who works with lifestyle Mm
2: -hmm. needs
1: to evaluate is what are the capabilities of this student Mm -hmm. so i used to think courtney Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that uh that when i began my practice i thought if I can figure out what is the uh, correct diet for this person, right? That will heal their Mm -hmm. arthritis. I'm an all-star. I mean that then she's going to get well, right? But it was, you know, took very little time to realize that my knowing what will be curative is about this it, it's essential and insufficient.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Meaning, meaning the person can't do that. They're completely incapable of doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: And so now with patients, I do what I call a preliminary prognosis. I say, this is this is this is the condition of your body. Right, mm-hmm. this is what's happening according to the lab tests and metabolically, and so on. Mm-hmm. And this is how this has been brought about through your eating, your movements, the use of your mm-hmm. mind, your relationships, and and this is the, these are the changes in each of those that will heal you. Right,
2: Dang. that is
1: necessary for you to do in order to heal yourself. And we're going to work together for six months, and then six months. I'm going to to be able to give you a much more accurate prognosis. At the Mm -hmm. time, I may be saying to them, "Okay, with your MS, I believe that you will be able to bring about these levels of improvement and so on. But Mm -hmm. I don't know how their body is going to respond. And B, and equally, equally importantly, is I don't know what kind of student they are. Mm. I, I make a guess, but I, in, in the visits that I've had in that short period, which is usually two visits, I, I make a tentative prognosis, but going through and working with a person for six months allows them to go through the cycle of their 100% gung-ho. They found this doctor that they really believe in. They're going to do this stuff and then go through Christmas vacation and Thanksgiving and traveling to go be with the family and uh, a car accident and all these things. And, mm-hmm. and we see, uh, do you... You, you, how? what kind of a student are you? Do you mm-hmm. establish practices like you have in movement
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or
1: do you end up going, you know, I haven't got time. I got to get the kids to school. I got to do this. I got to do that or whatever the reasons, but they're not mm-hmm. able to do it. So then we come back to what we were talking about, the question of from whence comes self-control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? It's the It's called, I call it this, the sine qua non of healing, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. without which healing will not happen. In Mm -hmm. Buddhism, they call it the wish fulfilling gem Mm -hmm. and the tree of miracles. Mm -hmm. I mean, how is that? Mm -hmm. You know, to have this gem that enables you, enables one, right? If I could give Mm -hmm. this gem to my patient, Mm -hmm. they would be able to work out like you do. They would mm-hmm. have the love, the discipline, the you know it, it. It it's the gem that brings them what will heal them, and wish fulfilling gem is the person themselves, mm-hmm. which is which is mystical because mm-hmm. who are they? Well, mm-hmm. we we are, and we we can if we are the ones who are aware. Of ourselves. I am that which knows me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I, kn- I know myself. I know my weak points. I know my strong points. I, right? I know my cravings. I know my mm-hmm. all of this, right? Mm-hmm. So the me who watches me is the wish fulfilling gem. Mm-hmm. And the me who watches me, you could say, when you look, or, like I asked myself, who is the me who's watching me right now as I'm talking to Courtney?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right I know I'm co- talking to Courtney in an, in an hour from now I'll be the me who's watching me eat dinner right mm-hmm. or uh, whatever right I'm aware mm-hmm. I'm and human beings we are the only creatures that are self-aware that are aware of ourselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: our dog. Can't stop and think about, you know, life would sure be better if I changed in this way. If I stopped doing this and started Mm -hmm. doing that, life would get better. dog can't do that. dog doesn't do that. A bee doesn't do that. The only human beings are unique. Mm -hmm. And this is, right? But this is, and it's a mystery. You could say it's spirit, soul, doesn't make any difference what you call it. The experience is of is that I'm the one who watches me, mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: and yeah. you know that I know that every human being we know of knows that, and every right. one of us has that capacity, and that capacity is impersonal, meaning it's mm-hmm. like the stars. It watches us like the stars, or mm-hmm. I say, right? It it watches us like. It's like relating to fire or relating to cold.
2: Mm.
1: Cold doesn't give a damn. Mm. If you go out with dress well or dress poorly, cold will kill you. Cold Mm. will hurt you, right? Mm. Cold will enliven you. Mm. Fire will warm you. Fire will burn you. Does that to everybody. Doesn't care if you're a child, if you're an old person, if you have excuses, if you forgot. It makes no difference, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's how our witnessing self, but our witnessing self—you could say—fire is not conscious, Mm -hmm. right? We we are. There's a quality to us, right? Quality is is loving, is kind, Mm -hmm. cares about us, Mm -hmm. right? Not isn't going to change the rules of the universe
2: Mm -hmm. about
1: fire and cold and what you need to eat. Mm -hmm. The rules of the universe remain the same. But the compassion is, and this is what is there for sick people and for people who can't make changes, who don't have self-control,
2: mm-hmm. is,
1: is we can watch ourselves and feel our own experience of suffering that we have to have type 2 diabetes and be obese because we can't stop eating sweets.
2: Mm.
1: We don't know how to do it, right? And, and and that can only be done in this present moment, ever, right? It, it is a matter of being present with ourselves,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not, of, not of scheming about the future when I'll do it different and of swearing I'll try harder <sighs> uh, it is it, it is this it it's unnameable but it's experienceable and it's something i would i can bring and show us but mm-hmm. um but this power so so what it's what it then means is related to your biting your nails
2: mm-hmm. right
1: we tend to, we, we all tend to want a cure for biting our nails, if biting our nails is the issue, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right? Or a cure for eating too many sweets, right? Or mm-hmm. for criticizing ourselves. But what's actually here, what's leading us to seek and desire a cure is the suffering about biting our nails, right? So if when we're feeling the desire to bite our nails, right, even we could even be biting the nails, but we we turn to the I who knows me, the I who watches me, and we allow we 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 allow our own compassion to be with ourselves as we bite our nails or as we want to bite our nails Mm -hmm. and we've not been able to stop right and this now this compassion is it's a real thing and i need to show it for a moment so i'm going to show it to you okay feel right now courtney that your body is breathing Right, bring your attention in just to focus on your breathing, present moment breathing. Right, Mm -hmm.
2: sorry, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
1: So, as you're watching your breathing,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: allow your own love of yourself, your own. Goodwill, and in this case, your desire to heal, biting fingernails, but it could be if that's what's going But your your just love of yourself, not because you've done something, your love of yourself as you are, with all your strength and all your faults, right? And allow that love just to imbue your breathing so that in your body, in the sensation of breathing. It feels loving to you. You are making it loving. So do that for
2: three breaths right now. Allowing those breaths
1: to be your only three. Filling yourself with love. Good. Now, in this moment, what are you experiencing? Calm. What's that? Yeah.
0: Calm. Like it's Calm, uh, relaxing. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody has the same, right? Mm-hmm. Or peace, or right. ease, or caring, or and that space. We're looking. Here's where. This is what I love about it. We're looking for the wish-fulfilling gem. The wish-fulfilling gem is what makes good things happen, happen mm-hmm. right? In this case, what makes healing happen? Healing doesn't come from nowhere. Healing comes from our behavior. Through mm-hmm. good behavior produces health, right? So mm-hmm. good behavior, why can't breathing? Breathing, can be a source of goodness relaxing mm-hmm. can be goodness and what we're searching for is goodness mm-hmm. and we hope it's in a herb or a treatment or something but yeah. back to the i who knows me is the i who loves me is the i who heals me this i in the act of breathing Goodness is coming into our lives and there's only one goodness, right? Mm -hmm. And it is that goodness that will bring about goodness with regard to biting nails, with regard to eating too many sweets, with Mm -hmm. regard to criticizing ourselves. And our work is to marry our suffering with our love, with our compassion. Only in the present moment. Right now, and that so this meditative work comes down to be the central one by which people people change their lives you know but I mean mm-hmm. it right mm-hmm. we we are what heal us and it's un- astonishingly powerful
2: what
0: uh, what are the uh uh, so uh, my question is twofold. So one is uh you've said that initially when you started, you were using a lot of other uh, naturopathic practices oh, yeah. and yeah. supplements. And um, so what helped you to make that shift to focus uh-huh. on these four modalities? And mm-hmm. what the second part of that question is, what was a, uh, you don't have to mention like a name or specific necessarily, but uh, you know, what was an instance that was the, the most shocking uh you kind of uh you know healing or uh you know instance using these modalities versus uh more traditional methods that was oh. really surprising to you
1: yeah okay um all right so uh, what led me to do this is um my destiny right <laughs> like <laughs> truly like what led me to What brought that book into my hands? What caused that doctor to say that? What Mm -hmm. and so on. But it, but aside from something that sounds foreign, like a destiny Mm -hmm. that we have no control over, Mm -hmm. as I said from the beginning, when I read the book, it awakened in me. I said, I can't imagine anything. More important than this, Mm -hmm. that that is more meaningful to a person's life than that they can Mm -hmm. heal their own sickness and suffering, Mm -hmm. in this case, through the ways that they eat. So that interest was Mm -hmm. was I was personally um devoted to it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I was captivated by it. So it was building in my own life, and as I learned, saw the the healing. And the benefit that, that taking place in my own life, I wanted other people to have that. And mm-hmm. the, I, to give you an example, I would: a uh, person comes in with a strep throat, right? Mm-hmm. So they ha, they have a strep throat, and I, it, this is back in the day. And let's say that I go, okay, I'm going to give you this herbal formulation, right? And you can gargle mm-hmm. with this and take it internally and i'm going to give you this homeopathic preparation
2: mm-hmm. and I'm
1: going to give you these supplements to take
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm also instructing you to fast um, do a bowel cleanse and to go home and rest so mm-hmm. i i would I would watch this and go and I would ask myself if i um I want to say because Arnold Errett is coming up here. I don't, I don't know that I've ever given anybody this book or hardly mm. mentioned his name, other than this was the book that first came to me. Now yeah. I, I find this man, and through my life, while I've not studied him, the man that he was, his discipline, and the essence of his teachings. I'm mm-hmm. still in agreement with overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um all right so um although he was a complete vegan and as we were saying I mm-hmm. choose how to feed people based on their individual metabolisms not mm-hmm. because I'm devoted Arnold era toward, which I right, not right right <laughs> <laughs> sure but so so I would send this this patient Home with this with the whole protocol that that I described, mm-hmm. and then I kept asking myself. I would say, I know, or or this person. I, I What's essential here? I would ask. I go look. If I send them home with the herbs, the homeopathic, and and so on, and I don't change their eating, and I don't have them rest. So just go back to work and take this. My results. Would be a fraction mm-hmm. of what I would get with if I included fasting and bowel cleansing mm-hmm. and rest with them, right? Right. So so then I began to go more and more and find out what happens as I if, if I drop down the supplements, mm-hmm. if I drop down the herbs, if I leave out the homeopathic. What happened is I gradually just became less interested in those. And I will say, in the hands of a skilled practitioner, both we need medicine. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs medicine.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not the guy who prescribes it. And everybody needs training.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: what it comes down to is you know this, and most people know this. There is there is probably nothing. That is going to compare with changing our eating in healing. I'll mm-hmm. put it up against any medicine you want. Any medicine you want for sustained, for healing, chronic mm-hmm. disease, is acute disease, the power of eating is the ancient saying: food is your best medicine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So so um you come down to it's like show me a pill that's going to equal what i can do with patients what i do with myself what you can do with yourself show me a pill any amount of supplements that you want that's going to equal eating a eating a good eating regimen The results in your own body, unmistakable, no comparison whatsoever, right? So why? I mean, with medicine, with this type of healing power available to us, in in this case, how could we possibly ignore it?
0: Mm -hmm. I have a question for you about, so, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how the soil is very deficient and, we, you know, the... Yeah. So our the nutrients are, you know, a fraction of what they once were. So, yes. you know, of course it was uh, let food be thy medicine, but oftentimes today it, you can't get a lot of what, you know, the nu- nutrients from the food, just because even if you're eating organic and healthy, um, whatever that may be for you, uh, there's still a lot of nutrient deficiencies just as a result of the quality of the food that we have today. Um, and that's that's that's, that's, why people advocate for supplements, but then a lot of people will say, well, but supplements can be harmful or a lot of them are synthetic, or some people argue that there's no such thing as a, uh, vitamins at all. So I've heard that as well. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: Uh (laughs) Uh, it's, it's a great question. And as you say, most supplement companies, this is a, (laughs) that's a great
2: picture, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. The (laughs) land is toast.
2: (laughs) Yes. But most
1: supplement companies use that argument. And I have respect Mm -hmm. for it. The the depletion of soils and the amount of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and so on that are in our foods is so depleted. Yes. And the other one that goes hand in hand with it is the amount of environmental pollution.
0: Oh, yeah, that we
1: That's, are sure. Our water, our air, on and on. So that mm-hmm. is that is um, that is a, a, a used by yeah. most supplement companies. And mm-hmm. I feel that it's sound. Now, here's here's some of the differences. OK, um, one of them is this, is that food is not a combination of vitamins and minerals and fiber Mm -hmm. and fatty acids and amino acids. It is not. So, so do if if we do a biochemical analysis of an apple Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and, and we bring together all the vitamins, minerals, fiber, everything that we know exists in an apple. If I come back tomorrow,
2: mm-hmm. is
1: is this uh nutritional scientist going to be able to show me an apple? The answer is right. But, no. Oh, you mean
0: if you took all of the components? That's of right. The Are they
1: gonna be able to oh. put them together and make an apple?
0: Right, oh, no, probably no. Not.
1: absolutely not. No, not yet, not probably. <laughs> <There> is, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't never happened. It is, I'm gonna say, impossible for it to happen. Now people would say, oh no, we're real close, right? Now I don't think it's impossible. We could we could construct an apple. It's like what that denies is at the very core of naturopathic medicine and the core of healing is that there is what we in naturopathic medicine call these medicatrix naturae. The healing power of nature, or that which heals. There is a wisdom that draws together the components of an apple. And it doesn't just draw them together here in this room and voila, an apple appears, right? It goes through the process of a seed. And a seed is insufficient, right? A seed requires soil, requires Mm -hmm. moisture, it requires temperature, it requires all the (laughs) biome that's in the soil, all the insects, everything, and and seasons of the year and everything in order to bring forth an apple, Mm -hmm. right? And that's now, within that process, we can influence the health of apples, Absolutely, which goes back to the argument of our soils are depleted. Well, how did they get depleted, right? And it leads us to find Mm -hmm. the way of building apples, which is, which has to do with a reverence for life, for Mm -hmm. a wisdom that is greater than ours, and Mm -hmm. seeing our body like an apple Mm
2: -hmm. as
1: being produced by something, an intelligence that is. You know, we can only, it's beyond, it's its mm-hmm. that which heals, right? Mm-hmm. And that which heals is the same I who knows me, that watches over me. It is mm-hmm. a mystery to my mind. Our mind doesn't know who we are. We can look at our mind being confused and trying to figure out who we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and so this wisdom then is that wisdom used depleted soils and everything else to bring about an apple, but an apple is, an apple is a living miracle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Supplements are not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> True.
2: So, so, you know, that's yeah
0: right but the, the, that that is ahead. the argument that is made so do you think that there's a any validity to it? do you think that there's that yes. even yeah
1: yes i definitely do there are supplement companies that are uh that are uh you know dedicated and and understand this and there are sub there are supplement companies that um uh, it would be like taking a human being and uh, doing the same process. Here is mm-hmm. the analysis of basically here's powdered bones, right and here's mm-hmm. whatever here's blood and here all this, and will we get a human being out of it? No, we won't get a human being. You can't put it back mm-hmm. together right but but so that's one, but there are supplement companies also that say we recognize that food is beyond our ability to understand it. Mm -hmm. And in our handling of foods, we use temperatures and amount of air and processing that preserves the sacred relationships that are here
2: Mm -hmm. in
1: food. And so there are a variety of, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. as we know, there's lots of supplement companies and some of them are doing excellent work and some of them are doing more like, um, what's called green allopathy, or there, you know, what's it called when you use supplements instead of medicines? And anyway,
0: right, right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the the replacing yeah. uh, the allopathic method of a yeah a pill for yeah. nil. It's just not yeah. a pharmaceutical. It's a nutraceutical or whatever.
1: yeah Yeah, you got it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: here's another way of thinking about it: is that food is like our bodies, it's like uh, if if you think of supplements and the components of food as being like if you took a fine Swiss watch,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Everything in it is coordinated and it tells time. Mm -hmm. If you take that Swiss watch and hit it with a hammer,
2: Right.
1: right? You have everything that was in it. You got all the glass and the gold and everything, but it will never tell time right? because right. they're not interacting, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask, I we don't have to go through all of them, but one of the modalities you were talking about was a, like, was it sleep? Did you say?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I feel like that is a, it should be so simple Um but for a lot of people it's really not actually um so i i'm curious you can speak a a little bit to that like how do people optimize and people there's actually a gene i I think it's the dec2 uh gene where uh it's like two percent of the population but they're they actually need less sleep by less sleep but i don't mean like two hours a night but they're I think they tend to be able to optimize on six hours, which is much less than the majority mm-hmm. of the population, which is like a closer to an eight hour um, schedule. And obviously mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it varies for individuals. I'm not giving like an exact number, but this was a, a study that was done on range and it seems there is a gene and there are two different ones, um, but they're... Uh, they had determined that there are people who actually do need like, yeah, it is the DEC2 gene. Okay, good. I Um And yeah. so I, but even with even people who need less sleep, it's still like quality of sleep. There's, uh, you know, I, I did a research on dream analysis in high school. So you know, very versed in like the different stages of sleep. And of course, REM is not something that everybody gets uh, an optimal amount of. And for some people, That's it's right. like, some people, it's like no problem. They they pass out, they, they are very efficient, they get great deep sleep, great REM, great latency. And then for other people, even people who are not necessarily insomniacs, but they just don't get Great quality of sleep, so I think our lifestyle, you know being on the screens, the light, the artificial you know environment being inside with these fake lights and not getting natural sunlight, obviously all these things that are an impact, but I'm wondering if you can speak to it because I think it's something a lot of people struggle with
1: yes, um, I rate when when I'm working with a patient that um, let's <clears> just <throat> say. Has insomnia right or that cannot lost their ability to sleep
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: i I consider it uh the most detrimental single symptom that I know of mm-hmm. to their health when right. one loses their ability to sleep have you have you been through well you've certainly had sleepless nights right sure 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 right and and I know of nothing that's more detrimental to my functioning
2: mm. than not
1: having enough sleep. Okay. For me, here's how it is. And this is pretty much true across the board. First of all, is that I am apprehensive. My anxiety is escalated enormously. Mm-hmm. Yes. And right? That's true. And what else is elevated? <laughs> is my irritability. Mm -hmm, I am pissed about just about everything, but (laughs) foremost at myself. It's like, you know, I I just, I'm irritable. Right. I am, of course, fatigued. Like I'm going through the day like, oh God, you know, everything is work. So Mm -hmm. then my workouts Become more challenging. It's sure. harder to. It's like I don't want. I'm tired. I don't want to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. My food cravings run me. Right. 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 And in interactions with other people, I'm as irritable and as anxious and as self concerned and locked in my own. <laughs> it's like terrible. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if I'm on the verge of getting sick or if I have some nasal congestion, it's worse. My joints feel worse. Everything's worse. Right? Right. So that's that's the situation. I don't know of anything you can do. I mean, sure, you could go out and get drunk, like really drunk. and it, But I don't know if it would be as bad. I'm not sure. But <laughs> when you lose the ability to sleep, you face that every day. and 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 you unwind you don't do your work as well you don't take care of the kids as well you don't Mm -hmm. take care of you as well everything Mm -hmm. unwinds and so restoring the ability to sleep is central and here's like for me is that that's not something where you go oh, we'll just turn up the dial here or lay down here and I'll do a little, I'll adjust your cervical spine and you'll be able, nobody's got a, a quick answer. And as, you, as you're as you aware, everybody from whether it's supplements or an acupuncturist or a chiropractor, or on and on, there's a lot of things to be used for sleep. And for me, um you know, it's, it's a big topic, Courtney. (laughs) It's very individualized. Some people, you know, improving their eating makes a huge difference working Mm -hmm. with their sleep hygiene in, in the, in in the end, what happens and I've been through, I don't know, I probably went through 10 years of insomnia um, Mm -hmm. in, in working with healing and, and, Boy, when you wake up, if if this is the way, when you wake up in the middle of the night,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't get back to sleep, okay. and you know the day you got ahead of you tomorrow,
2: it oh. just
1: it scares you ten times as much, and you can't stop thinking about. I
2: gotta and then you to can't sleep.
1: sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. I gotta get. I'm not sleeping. It's this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> And yes so uh, that, that's not good <laughs> that is where that's an example again of the whole focus goes on how do i get to sleep and and the practice in the moment when we're not mm-hmm. sleeping is the same practice as the practice when we want to bite our nail as the same practice is when we want to eat cookies mm-hmm. right is the breathing and coming into the I who knows me and being compassionate with ourselves, not trying to fix or change that our mind screaming on, just, just being like, you poor baby, I'm with mm. you. Feel feel my love and don't just think about it, feel it in this breath.
2: Right. right?
1: Let yourself relax, right? Be calm. And that goodness, you, you know, is, that's us who heals us that's us healing us that can yeah. only happen in the present moment
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well we, yeah. we we all need a little more present moment time i think in this day and age where we're going uh a thousand miles an hour so yeah, yeah so
1: true huh <laughs> so, sure.
0: yeah well I'll... thank you
1: what uh, i does do we feel complete or I,
0: yeah uh, do you have anything else you would like to add if you do please do and I'll, of course tell everybody where they can find you and yeah
1: very good um yes you can find me on my website which is up here with it which is um com. will get you to my website and what i would mention is that all that i've said uh is Uh, Perhaps my greatest passion or equal to my passion for working with patients is that of passing on this wisdom to doctors.
0: Yeah. Can you I I know we, we didn't get to cover too much of that, but I would love to know, like, how do doctors respond to this? especially like, do you work mostly with the naturopathic physicians or do you work with all types of doctors? And I'm very uh, curious how, uh, more mainstream, you know, medical doctors respond to this type of.
1: So, uh, um, exactly as you might expect, which (laughs) is, which is if if you take the average doctor who Mm hasn't thought of these matters, right.
2: Right. And
1: they have, if this might even be quackery to them, mm-hmm. although if not quackery, it's, they don't have any interest in it. Right. Those are not, those are not my clients.
2: Right. And,
1: but there is the Renaissance, the awakening that's happening mm-hmm. as we talked about. And sure. those doctors are super interested in it. Right. Again. And they, the, and you know, Courtney, it, it comes back to I believe I don't know the statistic on this, but but the the amount of suicides among doctors I believe is one of the highest in in all professions, sure. and the level of burnout is uh, is just enormous, and and doctors then want to yeah Mm
2: -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. so
1: so doctors are dying in this system they don't doctors don't get to be doctors Mm. if i if i say myself yeah the etymological
0: root root of the word doctor actually means to teach teacher so they're supposed to be teaching yeah
1: yes yes the so the a doctor throughout history until this corporate takeover of medicine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Occurred, the Rockefeller right?
2: takeover
0: with the Flexner report in 1910. Yeah. You got it.
1: Up mm-hmm. till now. Where so now it used to be a doctor was completely self-employed and notoriously yeah. terrible businessman, right? <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> because they care, they just love their art. So, mm-hmm. so doctors would, a doctor, how long would a doctor take with a patient? The answer is as long as it took to be with that patient, to figure right. out what's going on with them and to, right. you know, prescribe or do whatever you do. Now, right. doctors today, doctors today are told, right. If you work for uh, uh large healthcare provider, which almost all doctors do, you're told, for example, you need to see 20 patients in a day, which tracks out to be 15 minutes per patient. And you're also told how to, you're you're told what forms you have to fill out, right? So we now have, you know, medical records that have Mm -hmm. to be filled out the way the bureaucrats tell you to take the notes and fill oh, it yeah. out and then and now that everything's
0: digitized it's like a million times worse but yeah
1: <laughs> oh it's just it it's just yeah it's just yeah. destroying doctors and so then you are told you decide mm, this person may have ms let me you know raise inflammatory markers and do this and do that and and i'm sorry the those tests we're not going to pay for those tests you can't run those tests oh okay so then the diagnosis you make is this is what you need to do you have to give them prednisone Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah but i i don't you know i don't you're you're if you give them something else it's like no that's Mm -hmm. not warranted here so the doctor has all their decisions take place within a framework that has been contrived by a bureaucrat who knows nothing about medicine. Right. Right. By people whose motive is what? Profit. Right. Profit. You cannot Mm -hmm. commodify health and you take a physician and turn them into a bureaucrat, an employee Mm -hmm. that's, and, and you cut off the very thing you go to a doctor for is I want your judgment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You understand something here. You are trained to understand sickness, the causes of sickness and the treatment of sickness. And that's not something that you can figure out in a computer. Never, mm. any more than you can build an <laughs> apple through a computer, right? <laughs> Although they're trying, they're oh, printing yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Here we are with GMO crops. Yep, right? exactly. And the plan to, you know, <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to do everything this way. This is yeah. the, this is the insanity of our times, right? And and right. each of us, we are awakening to the I who knows me, to mm-hmm. to present living the real fact, the final fact of who I am. If is. Goodness itself, and Mm -hmm. I bring goodness into myself, and I heal myself. And when I'm working with my cancer patients, my COVID patients, that they don't know that they can heal themselves, Mm -hmm. but that is again and again, it is you Mm -hmm. who will heal you. You know how to do this. You have the power to overcome this addiction, you Mm -hmm. have the power to instill this life giving. You know, goodness in your life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You.
1: Fabulous. Well, that's beautiful.
0: Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Certainly. And uh, yeah. the website again, what was it? Just for the people who are listening and maybe not watching,
1: charleycroply.com. Great. And yep. And you can go to right there where it says Physician Heal Thyself. If you're a doctor, you can go there awesome. and look into that so awesome
0: yeah well well, thank you so much for for being here with us and for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom and thank you all for watching and listening